Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is April 25th. In 1959, the icebreaker Diberville began the first through transit of the St. Lawrence Seaway, which was officially opened by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and President Dwight D. Eisenhower of the United States on June 26th of this year. The Great Lakes and St. Lawrence River have served as a major North American trade artery since long before the U.S. or Canada achieved nationhood. A new era in marine transportation was made possible by construction of the 306-kilometer stretch of the St. Lawrence Seaway between Montreal and Lake Ontario during the mid to late 1950s. Recognized as one of the most challenging engineering feats in history, seven locks were built, five Canadian and two U.S., in order to lift vessels 246 feet above sea level as they transit from Montreal to Lake Ontario. Today, the waterway remains a fine example of the spirit of cooperation that can exist between two nations and its successful operation is a tribute to the ingenuity, capability, and perseverance of all those who had a hand in in its realization. In 2020, is it expected that the St. Lawrence Seaway will reach a total of 3 billion tons of cargo having transited its locks since its initial opening in 1959. This rapidly approaching milestone serves as a strong testimony to the Seaway's ongoing role as a vital trading gateway connecting the heart of North America to over 50 trading nations across the globe. The St. Lawrence Seaway was built as a binational, binational partnership between the United States and Canada through international agreements that carry the weight of treaties and continues to operate as such. Administration of the waterway is shared by the two entities. The Great Lakes St. Lawrence Seaway Development Corporation in the U.S., a federal agency within the U.S. Department of Transportation, and the St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation in Canada, a not-for-profit corporation established by the Government of Canada. In 2003, the International Human Genome Sequencing Consortium announced the successful completion of the Human Genome Project more than two years ahead of schedule under a budget. The primary goal of the project was to produce a reference sequence of the human genome. In 2001, the International Consortium published a draft sequence. Project scientists then worked to convert the draft sequence into a finished sequence. The finished sequence is defined to mean that there is no more than one error in 10,000 bases sequenced, and the sequence is nearly continuous, having just a small number of short gaps. Some areas of the genome are difficult, if not impossible, to sequence using current technology. Fortunately, these areas are few and far between and most probably do not contain genes. The finished sequence announced by the International Consortium covers 99% of the euchromatic portion of the genome and is accurate to 99.99%. Scientists working on the Human Genome Project realized that it makes sense realized that to make sense out of the human genome sequence, they would need to test their ideas using model organisms. For this reason, and despite its name, the Human Genome Project also sequenced the genomes of other organisms. Prior to the completion of the human genome, researchers sequenced the genomes of the bacterium E. coli, yeast, fruit flies, the nematode worm, C. elegans, and the mouse. These organisms were selected because they possess attributes that make them desirable for laboratory experimentation. Already, genomic scientists are working to mine the human genome for useful information. 
And in 2007, astronomers studying a nearby star say they found the first potentially habitable planet, likely a rocky place with an atmosphere, temperature, temperate regions, and crucially, liquid water considered vital for life as we know it. Other extrasolar planets have been called Earth-like, but astronomer Paul Butler assured this is really the first Goldilocks planet, not too cold, not too hot. Orbiting a red dwarf star, Gliese 581, about every 37 days, the new planet named Gliese 581g is just about the right size and just at the right distance from its star to have liquid water on the surface, added Butler of the Carnegie Institution for Science in Washington, D.C. during an online press conference briefing. Located some 20 light years from Earth, Gliese 581 is among the 100 closest stars to us. Already, scientists have detected six planets orbiting the red dwarf, making Gliese 581 the hub of the largest known planetary system outside our solar system. The star has inspired perhaps the largest number of habitable planet headlines. For starters, planet Gliese 581c was announced in 2007 as potentially habitable, but later found to orbit too close to the star, making the planet too hot for life. Another planet, Gliese 581d, is thought to orbit on the cold side of the habitable zone. While Gliese 581d could harbor life, the planet would need a thick atmosphere with a strong greenhouse effect to warm up to a point of habitability. They are very close to habitable, but not quite, a Professor Steve Vogt, a professor of astronomy and astrophysics at the University of California, Santa Cruz, said during a briefing. This is one right between the two in the same system. Terminator aliens on Earth-like planet? Uh, roughly three times more massive than Earth, the newfound planet is tidally locked to its star, which means that one side is perpetually basked in daylight, the other side is constantly dark. Aliens, if they exist, are most likely to live along the line between the shadow and the light, a temperate region known as the Terminator, the scientists said. Imagining the view from the Terminator, Vogt said, you basically see the star sitting on the horizon, you see an ex eternal sunrise or sunset depending on whether you're an optimist or a pessimist. The Gliese 581g discovery is based on 11 years of observations, largely via the W.M. Keck Observatory in Hawaii. The data allowed scientists to detect the wobble in a star's orbit caused by the gravitational pull of an orbiting planet, a technique called radial velocity. Given the relative ease of finding this planet, 10 to 20% of all stars may have potentially habitable planets, Vogt said in a press release. There could be tens of billions of these systems in our galaxy, but the Gliese 581g habitable planet findings are to be reported in a future issue of the Astrophysical Journal. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com Canada in the St. Lawrence Seaway at GreatLakes-Seaway.com The Human Genome Project at Genome.gov and Discovery of Earth-like Planet at Gliese A581 at NationalGeographic.com the music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing, as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.